Welcome to The Balance, an inside look at the leadership of finance in the NHS, where we attempt to demystify the strange and complicated world of NHS and public sector finance and learn from the leaders behind the numbers. On this show, we aim to learn from CFOs, FDs and senior finance colleagues, exploring and learning more about what they do, why they do it, who they are and how they got into the positions they have. Welcome to The Balance. Hello and welcome to The Balance, an inside look at leadership of finance in the NHS and public sector. I'm Rob Forster, Chief Finance Officer and Deputy Chief Exec at Liverpool University uh, NHS Foundation Trust. And I'm delighted today to have our, introduce our guest, Suzanne Robinson, who I know very well, my other half. Um, who's Director of Finance and IMT for Greater Manchester Mental Health, NHS Foundation Trust, and SRO for Value Makers, uh, part of the Future Focused Finance. Welcome, Suzanne. Thanks, Rob, and thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so, I've introduced you with your title, but Suzanne, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and your career today? Yes, yeah. Um, so, um, it, it, interestingly, I'm actually coming up to my 20th year in the NHS in the next couple of months, which uh, which is an achievement in itself. Um, and the past five years, I've been working as a, a director of finance, um, but it's it's definitely been a varied road, I think, uh, to to get me there. So, so I started in 2001 uh, on the NHS graduate training scheme which uh, I managed to get onto um, despite not doing quite so well in my A-levels and um, probably not really having a, a proper career plan uh, at that age. I certainly wasn't aspiring to be an accountant anyway, um, but stumbled into doing a, a degree in accountancy uh, and was really quite um, relieved probably, as well as delighted to get onto the NHS grad scheme. Always been interested in, in the NHS um, and always um, sort of, warmed by the work that the NHS did and to have an accountancy role within there was was definitely something um, that attracted me to that. Um, so um, if you were to look at my CV, um, I've had all sorts of different roles in the NHS. So I've been a commissioner for a number of years. I've worked in the acute trusts. I've worked in specialist trusts, mental health. Um, and despite that being covering all sorts of different different sectors, I've probably not really done that in a planned way. Um, I think I've always um, got to the point where I've you know, achieved everything that I wanted to achieve. Um, I've um, wanted to stretch myself a little bit more and, and really push myself on to um, advancing my career. So when I've got to that point, I've just had a look, seen what's out there. And that's probably where there's been a degree of luck, I would say, in my career, because at the point I've had a look, I've been really lucky and found opportunities um, to work for some brilliant organisations um, with some really great bosses who've uh, supported me um, to be able to, to get to the role that I'm in today. So a really varied career, lots of different uh, experiences um, and really delighted to be working in mental health. OK, fab fabulous. And and and. You, you know, you certainly have to say that uh, I know you're an accomplished accountant, but that 20 years sounds uh, sounds like you've added that up, up wrong, to be honest. Um, but anyway, do you want to tell us a little bit? You, you're obviously in, in mental health now. You had a varied career. 
are, are there any differences along the way between um, acute care and, and mental mental health? Yeah, well, but I will correct you on my adding up there, Rob, because 2021 is my 20th anniversary. So just for clarity, I wasn't saying that you couldn't add up. I was saying that you don't look old enough to have been in the NHS for 20 years. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. I guess I guess one of the things that's really different within mental health, which has attracted me to stay, this is the third third organisation, mental health organisation, um, that I've worked in, and I've chosen to stay in mental health and, and not go back to the acute settings or not go back to specialists. Um, in mental health, um, what what's really different, I think, is the extent to which we work with different partners. So it does broaden you outside your sort of traditional NHS boundaries. We work really closely with the voluntary sector. Um, the the interaction with our service users and our carers is is is, is really strong. Um, you know, we we, did, we genuinely do design care around uh, our service users and carers. And I, it just was more apparent to me that within mental health, um, you know, that that really sat with my values. So it, it's it's attracted me to stay in there. And I guess the other side of it is there's just so much to do. It's um, it's one of those those sectors that you know there, there's probably um, a fair way to go before we get parity between physical and mental health, um, and you know that that really does uh, you know need more investment. It needs more services. It needs more support. And I think that's really been highlighted through the last twelve to eighteen months through the pandemic. That you know how much need is out there. So it really does feel like there's there's so much to do and there's. Um, you know, it, it, from that respect, I guess it, it's kept me interested and kept me keen to to be a part of it. That's true. And, and since we've started these uh, podcasts, actually, it's been during the, the the pandemic and the response to that. So, and it's been a challenge for everyone. Um, but any particular challenges or even opportunities that you think um, have come out of that or currently face the NHS? Um, well, well, there's definitely been a lot of challenges. Um, so I think within finance, um, what what my team have found quite quite difficult is that we we are naturally very pragmatic and we're you know generally organised individuals. So I think some of the uncertainty that this has thrown out, you know, whether it's around the planning regime or or you know what we do on a day to day basis, it really has uh, required us to work differently. So different approaches to planning, different approaches to risk, different conversations that we've had to have with our, uh, you know, whether it's our budget holders or our board members. And just to try to explain some of the chaos that it feels around us, you know, in, in a really clear way. So um, and I, I guess I don't see that changing in the near future. I think the complexity of some of the things around the NHS architecture um, will will present that challenge even more. So, um you know, I think that's that's quite a challenge for, for our staff. Um, and, and the other side of that is that just more generally within the NHS, everybody's feeling quite tired. So I think, um, you know, the, the support and well-being um, that, that we need to make sure is there for staff uh, has, has never been more, more needed. Um, I think one thing that my staff also tell me is that because they appreciate you know the huge efforts that our frontline staff have, have put in over the last 12 months it does make it a little bit more challenging to get back to some of those conversations about balancing the books uh, you know and the perspective that people might expect you to put around that so I think they're sort of gearing themselves up for more difficult challenges because you know we all know that the next few months or so are going to become even more tight around the around the money so um 
In terms of opportunities, I guess within our organisation, we're no different to others um, in that, you know, we felt that the disruption that COVID has caused um, has brought lots of opportunities too. So, you know, the very fact that we're having this conversation um, on this technology, you know, my staff would never have used Teams or Zoom or any of those um, th- those uh, platforms previously. Um, so the fact that we've really embraced technology, I think, is you know a fabulous achievement for the NHS. I think if it hadn't been for COVID, we'd probably been pondering over a business case for three years, if we've been really honest, and wondering about all the reasons why not to do it. Um, so I think that's really forced some change um, that we will keep, and, and that would be you know you know that would be a tragedy if um, you know when we get back to normal, if there will be a normal, that we lose some of the really great things that we we've put in place. Um, so we're looking at that now, you know, how do we keep this technology, but bring back that human factor? Because I think people all miss being together as a team too. So yeah, lots of challenges, um, but also uh, lots of opportunities. And, and and I think that different way of working has given people the confidence to think about doing things differently and trying things. And it's okay if it doesn't work, but it's 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 given people a bit of confidence around that, that perhaps they didn't have before. Okay. No, great. Well, that, well, talking of, um, of of technology, I think you were, you were most recently seen on the virtual value maker conference, weren't you? You, you were chairing that, um, and we talked before about you being SRO for value makers. Do you want to tell our listeners a bit more about uh, about that? Yeah, well, it, it wasn't too recent ago, Rob. It was back in September. I'm sure you tuned in and listened to that one, didn't you? But did. um, you did. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Um, so the Value Makers Conference is it, it, last year, last September was the third one that we'd ran. And um, obviously during the pandemic, it, it wasn't possible for us to to meet in person. So ordinarily, we host the whole event down in London. We, you know, we, we attract about 200 value makers come together. Um, and it's an opportunity for us to celebrate the work of the value makers. We run um, sessions around sharing best practice. Um, we have uh, Q&A sessions with different um, leaders across the NHS. Um, we, we usually pick a theme or a topic that value makers are interested in and we invite external speakers. So it's a really great celebration. Um, and we finish that event each time with um, our value makers awards. So last year, what we didn't want to do is just not do that celebration. Um, so we decided to run it online. And, and bearing in mind, you know, the 16,000 finance staff across the NHS, our value makers have continued to rise in numbers. And we've got over 2,300 people signed up to the network. So actually, by using technology and live streaming the event, we did open it up to a much wider audience. And we managed to have sort of six, 700 people at a time um, sort of logging in and listening to the, to the sessions um, and, and just to say, because I will tell you a bit more about the value makers, because I want to take opportunity to do a bit of a plug, if that's OK, uh, about the network. But yeah, it is what, what is a value maker? <laughs> well, as it, so it's not just about finance. Um, you know, the, we, we attract people, um, whether you're working in finance or procurement or IT or coding. But the really simple way of defining what a value maker is, it's it, a value maker is somebody who is positive. So it's it's 
somebody who's positive about working in, in NHS finance or somebody who's positive about training and development or somebody who's positive about coming to work and having fun or having a fulfilling role. So when you sign up to be a value maker, you're not signing up to do lots of work for people and do lots of things and, you know, add to your busy day. You're signing up to be positive. Uh, that's not to say that some of our value makers don't take a much more active role. So we have some value makers who help um, in running events. They do podcasts themselves. They organise uh, conferences. Um, we have an online community where people can question, you know, put a question out there if they're struggling to know how to do something in their trust. You will always get a value maker who will come back and help. So it's a real community feel. Um, and as I say, we, we, we've managed to, to grow and grow that um, throughout the pandemic and, and are reaching you know, quite a wide spread audience at the minute. Well, what, what, what a brilliant um, concept. And, and so how does someone get involved if, if they want to become a value maker? Uh, well, probably now is a really, really good time to get involved if you if you're not um if you're not aware of the value makers or what they do, or you just want to find out a little bit more. So um, recently uh, through one NHS finance, we ran two really big um, surveys or conversations and we asked everybody in finance what they wanted to see in the future finance function and how it could have grown and how it could develop. And from that, we've agreed that there's three really important programmes of work that we want to focus on. The first is around uh, the Finance Innovation Forum which is a place where you can, we're going to do lots of work around um, supporting delivery of better value healthcare. The, the second one is the National Finance Academy, and that's going to do work around um, making sure that every member of staff, no matter what grade you are, feels supported to progress and to develop. And then the third one, which is my one, uh, is the Finance Leadership Group. So I work really closely with Simon Worthington, who chairs that group. Um, and in our group, we're looking at um, the, the whole piece around sharing best practice how do you create a great place to work and how do we make finance information more relatable to people and we really utilize the value makers network in all of those those three things so there's lots um out there at the moment on the future focus finance website that tells you all about those programs of work and shows you how you can uh, register to be one um and like i say you can get involved in as much or as little uh, as you want um but i think I think the take-home message is that, that people who join get just as much out of it, just as much value as we do value them uh, as being a, a value maker. So it really is a two-way process. Brilliant. And it's the aspiration to have 16,000 value makers ultimately, I guess. Well, 16,000 plus, actually, because say we do extend outside the, you know, the, the finance community. So, you know, we do have members from procurement and IT and coding, all sorts of different roles. In fact, some of our most active value makers are in some of those other disciplines that work with finance. But yes, absolutely. Um, we want to get as many value makers as possible. And we, we also want finance directors to sign up to be value makers. I think we found when we talk to people um, you know, there's a perception that being a value maker is perhaps something focused more at, at, you know, junior staff or other staff within the department. It's not. It's for all of us. It's for everybody. Well, well, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly love to, to to sign up. And I know you're um, you're a brilliant example of that positivity. So are, are there any specific forthcoming events that are, are coming up for your for your value makers? 
Yeah, so um, our next Value Maker Conference is scheduled for uh, September again. So we do an annual event. So the 23rd of September is your date for your diaries. It's one till uh, quarter past three on that date. All the details are on the website, um, which is www.futurefocusfinance.nhs.uk. Uh, we'll be live streaming it again. I think we're, tr we're looking at options around doing a bit of in-person and a bit of a live stream. So, um, you know, as traumatic as that is for me to do two hours of live streaming intensely, I, you know, we'll look for it again. Um, and we've got a great programme that we're pulling together and some brilliant speakers lined up. And, and one thing that we're really proud of in, in the conference is we have what's called market stalls. And that's a really brilliant opportunity for, for teams up and down the country to, to show what they're doing. Um, and, you know, we've had fabulous feedback about how much people get from those sessions. So we'll be doing uh, another market stall event as well. OK, that, 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 that's great. Um... And I almost feel embarrassed asking this question because obviously you are you're so passionate about the work you do and the job you have. But I suppose as part of this um, this series, we're asking people: Would they recommend finance as a as a career? And 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 any tips you would have based on your journey as to to to, to you know how you make the most of of, of that career journey. Well, yeah, I'd absolutely recommend it. Um, I think, you know, there's there's so much to learn when you're in the NHS and, you know, it's not just a, a boring desk job. You can get out and about and and, and really see how the, the work that we do, you know, it makes such a, a big difference to people's lives. And I think you're never going to get a stronger impact on, on the work that you do. But not only that, I think particularly with this programme of work that we're looking at now, it's about supporting people whilst they're in that career. Uh, and really encouraging people to be the best that they can be. And it might not be that everybody wants to be a finance director. I'm pretty sure they don't. Um, but there's something for everybody out there. Um, and I think that support that, that, that you know, is in place in the NHS is, is one of the reasons why it should be top on the list of career choices. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So we're going to just... Um change a little bit of tack now and ask you last couple of questions that, that we have been asking all our all our guests obviously you've been successful in your your career to date and i'm sure many more successes to come um do you have a philosophy or a motto or a um, um a style or or some some advice you could give to our that would sum up um to our listeners um how to um, your working style? <laughs> That's a really hard question. Um, I probably don't have a philosophy or a motto that, that I necessarily quote, but um, I guess something that I've always done through my um, career is n not be afraid to be creative. So there's a stereotype around accountancy that can be a bit grey and a bit stuffy, and I've always tried to push that. And think, you know, the things that I enjoy doing, you know, I, I enjoy being creative and I enjoy drawing and, and I enjoy making things, you know, much more um, presentable and, and enjoyable for people to listen to than, than perhaps a spreadsheet. So I think that's my philosophy is always to think a different way to communicate stuff to finance, make it engaging, make it fun um, and, and, and not feel that that's something that you shouldn't do as an accountant. Absolutely. Um... Great. Well, I, I could I, again. I, I firmly agree with that uh, that philosophy and approach. So, in terms of being creative, it brings us to our final 
question. Um, is and we're asking all our guests this. Um, is there a song or a piece of music that means something to you? Maybe a, a favourite song that you would like to um, include on our developing Spotify playlist um, under the balance search. So is there, is there one that you would like to, to join that list, Suzanne? Uh, gosh, um Oh my gosh, it, I mean, I've got such an eclectic taste in music. You know, I could think of some really, really fun things to put on that playlist. You know, I like dance music. You know, I do like rock music. I like a bit of pop. Uh, you know, I'm not adverse to a bit of an acoustic um, thing. So it, it, it's so varied um, that I, I probably can't think of a favourite song um, that I have. But I tell you what, the, when I was going to work today uh, on the radio, one of my one of my many favourite songs was playing, and it's been in my head all day today. So that's probably a perfect one to put on your um, on your playlist. It was Radiohead, Creep. Brilliant. We will add that to the the Spotify playlist, um, which is indeed eclectic, as you can imagine, um, <laughs> from from a bunch of. Uh, CFOs and DOFs, yeah. uh, but which is very interesting. But so, so just, just, just to finish by saying thank you for for your time. It's been brilliant, um, and I meant the twenty years as a as a uh, compliment. By the way, no, no, you meant I couldn't add up. So yeah, thank you for your time. Uh, the Value Makers is a brilliant, um, a brilliant. Uh, concept and 100% supportive uh, of, of that and anyone who can bring positivity to work in the workplace should be applauded so so thank you Suzanne. thanks and if, and if anybody you know if this results in any more people signing up then that's a brilliant thing isn't it so thanks for the opportunity thank you for joining us for this episode of the balance be sure to rate review and subscribe thank you and see you next time